Do you ever wonder what it means to have a relationship with God? I mean, after all, we can't see God. We can't hear God. So what does it look like to have a relationship with God? Do you ever find yourself praying and all of a sudden you're like, am I just talking to the ceiling? Or maybe that's just me. Um, do you ever find that your, your prayers have just gone stagnant? Or maybe you, if you're going to be honest, you can't even remember the last time you genuinely prayed to God. Well, the great thing about God is he hasn't left us to fumble around in the dark. He's given us this incredible gift. It's called the book of Psalms. It's found right in the middle of the Bible. And it's this amazing group of inspired prayers to God. And these Psalms actually tell us what a relationship with God looks like. And so for this six-part series that we're kicking off today, we're going to be going through different Psalms and we're going to be learning about what it means to have a relationship with God. Now, there's two main types of Psalms in the book of Psalms. There's the Psalms of praise, which is like when we're up on the mountaintop and everything's going well in life and we're just, we're grateful and we're worshiping God for who he is. And then there's also the Psalms of lament. Those Psalms when we're down in the valley, life is really challenging and we're crying out to God. We're going to look today at a Psalm of lament. We're going to look at Psalm 10 written by King David. Now you may think that David wrote all the Psalms. He actually wrote about half of them, about 75 of the 150 Psalms. Uh, but before we dive into this psalm of lament, I just want to let you know that if this psalm ends up stirring up some things inside of you, um, we have a tremendous resource called Safe Harbor Christian Counseling. And um, we just, we partner with Safe Harbor because we really believe that, that everyone at Grace should have access to affordable professional counseling if, if life comes along and it's just a little bit more then you can manage. So I want you to take advantage of that. If that's something that you'd like to explore, you can go to trygrace.org slash safe harbor and we'll help you get connected with a counselor. So today we are going to look at Psalm chapter 10 and we're going to explore really what, what all the laments in the Psalms do. There's, there's four main parts to a Psalm of lament. And I want to walk you through those because I think it'll it'll help you to get a foothold in this relationship with God and, and help you in your prayer life. King David writes these words. He says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? So the very first thing we see, the very first part in a lament is turn. It's the first thing that you do. You turn to God. So we see David say, Lord, Why? So the most basic thing is David just, he turns to God and he addresses God. The one great thing about a lament, if there is anything good about when we're in that difficult place in our lives, is that oftentimes it forces you to, to turn to God or to turn back to God. I know for me, those times in my life where I'm, I've been really far from God, you know what's always brought me back? A good old stomach bug. Yeah, that's right. There's no prayer for me like a bathroom prayer. I, I hate being sick. I hate throwing up. And it just seems like, man, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, please, God, please, 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 please. And, and it really, like sometimes down in the valley, it's, it's when you turn back to God. 
And I want to just let you know today, if for you right now, you're turning back to God, I want to tell you, God loves it when his children, who he loves, turn back to him. So the second part of a psalm of lament is complain. Now you might think, man, that's that sounds so negative. I mean, I've always been taught you're not supposed to complain, and and even if you do, like no one's going to want to hear it anyway. So so what's the deal? Why why complain? I got to tell you, when when my kids were were really small, when they were like preschool and elementary school age, um. One night, Becky, my wife, came home from work and, um, and she found we were cleaning up dinner and, um, my kids were, they were working all over the place. So a couple of them were standing up on a, on a high chair in the sink, trying to do the dishes. And then my, my oldest daughter, Allison, who was, I think about seven at the time, she was going around rounding up all the trash, trying to take out the trash. And, uh, and so Becky walked in and she's like, what's going on here? And, um, and Allison said to her, she said, well, mom, um, dad's knee is hurting. So, so we're all, we're all helping out. So I, I had a, a little bit of tendonitis at the time. And I, I might have mentioned this to the family once or twice that I had a little tendonitis in the knee. And, uh, and so, so Becky said to Allison, she said, well, Allison, that's really sweet, but why, why didn't you ever help me out when my back was hurting? And Allison said, well, you see, the difference between you and dad is you don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> See, sometimes it can be a really good thing to complain. Maybe not that often, but sometimes. And and certainly this is true in our relationship with God. Now, what I want you to notice about Psalm 10 and what King David is doing here is that David's not just complaining about his situation. He's actually complaining about God. Check this out. He says, verse one, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Did you catch that? David is basically shaking his fist at God. He's upset with God. Now, you may be saying, can you do that? I mean, is it okay to, to, to be that bold and to be that in God's face, almost accusing God? Well, here's the amazing thing. This is exactly what God wants us to do. In fact, this is why God gives us these Psalms. God is giving us these model prayers to to show us, this is what I want the relationship to be like. Now, you may be sitting here thinking, I I could never do that. Well, I want to push back a little bit because in fact, you right now may be wondering, why is it that I feel distant from God? What? Why has my relationship with God got a little bit stale. And it just might be that you've been through something in your life or something has happened to someone you care about, or I don't know, something has really bothered you and you've never fully expressed that to God. It could be that you've, you've been frustrated and talked to other people about it, but you've never really had a full on honest conversation with God about it. And What these Psalms are basically telling you is you have permission to do this. God wants you to complain. It's super important and super healthy that you actually 
do this. David continues, verse 2. He says, in his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears no one will ever do me harm. So David is so frustrated. He's he's complaining to God because evil is winning. I mean, there's injustice everywhere and David can't stand it. And throughout Psalm 10, we're just going through a few verses, but throughout this Psalm, David goes on and on and on. He's, he's complaining. He's crying out to God. Now, I, I want to let you know that this is the most important part of a Psalm of lament. The complaint, it's, it's huge because it's key to the entire relationship with God. You might think that, you know, when you pray, the most important thing you do is you, you ask God, you make that request. But actually the most important thing is the complaining. It's the crying out to God because that's where you're expressing what's truly on your mind, what's truly on your heart. This is the essence of our relationship with God and what is so fundamentally important about prayer. So I want to ask you, what's upsetting you? Maybe there's something going on in the world or in our country and it's just, it's really bothering you. Maybe you've seen somebody going through something recently and, uh, and that's the thing that's got you stirred up. Or maybe it's something that's happening to you right now or maybe it's something that, that happened to you in the past. And what I want to ask you is, have you really had the chance to talk to God about it? Have you, have you lamented over it? Because it's powerful. And um, in a little bit, we're going to take a few minutes to actually do this, to practice this art of prayer. Okay, so the third part in a lament is ask. So David continues on in his complaint. And then finally, in verse 12, he says these words. He says, arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Don't forget the helpless. So here is David boldly, clearly, directly requesting God's help. Now, this one may seem like the most obvious of, of all the parts of the lament. Of course, you're going to ask God for help. But what I find is fascinating is that for those of us who've been Christians for a long time, this can be the one that we actually can miss if we're not careful. Because here's here's how it kind of goes in my life a lot of times. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking to God about some different things. And then, and then in the back of my mind, what I'm realizing is, well, God already knows all this. And I'm constantly praying for his will to be done and trusting that his will is going to be done. And so sometimes I can just fall into this trap where I actually don't specifically ask. And you may be wondering, yeah, like, what's the point of even asking anyway? Why, why make this direct petition to God? Well, let me give you two reasons. 
The first one is we see over and over and over again in the Psalms, the psalmist asking God directly for help. The second reason, there's this guy, you might've heard of him. His name's Jesus. He, in his most famous sermon, his Sermon on the Mount, he said these famous words. He said, Matthew 7, 7, he said, ask and it will be given to you. So Jesus tells us clearly, he says, we're to ask. And when we ask God, God will give it to us. Now, I don't fully understand those words from Jesus. I've had certainly a number of prayers that haven't been answered. There's a lot of things that I don't understand about what Jesus is saying there. But here's what I come back to at the end of the day. When there's things that I'm I'm not quite clear on, if there's anyone who can successfully predict and pull off their own death and resurrection, then whatever they say, I'm going to take them at their word. I'm going to trust what Jesus says on this one. He says, ask. So I am going to ask and I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing. Now, I want to just tell you two other things about prayer and, and about asking God. Okay. Two specifics. Write it down and share it with somebody else. Okay. When you have a specific request, write it down and share it with somebody else. This is so powerful. When you write down your big requests of God, and then you look back later, it's amazing to see, wow, that's right. I I prayed about this. I asked God about this. You look back later, such an encouragement to your faith. Or if you are praying with other people and you're sharing those requests, it's powerful when you get back together with them later and the, the question comes up, hey, how's your mom doing? Remember we were praying for her? Or, you know, that, that situation with your job, like how did that, how did that resolve in the end? Remember we, we prayed about that? And all of a sudden, what you realize is, man, all of these prayers God's been answering, because I don't know about you, but my tendency is I'm really good at praying and asking God for things, but man, I'm so forgetful at how God has, has actually answered those prayers. And when you can remember, man, it's such an encouragement to continue on and to keep praying to God. So turn, complain, ask. And then the final part of the Psalm of Lament is trust. So David has made this big ask of God, arise, Lord. And then notice what he says next, verse 13. He says, why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me into account? You guys, I love this. David is still upset, okay? he He's still ranting. He's still complaining. And I, I cannot tell you how healthy this is, this is, this is so good. This is why David was the man after God's own heart. Now, finally, verse 14, David says these three words. He says, but you God, but you God. And with those three words, David shifts his focus. He says, but you God, you see the trouble of the afflicted. So David's upset. All these people are hurting. The wicked are prospering. He says, but you, God, you consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. 
But you, God, you are the helper of the fatherless. So it seems like injustice is everywhere and, and evil is winning. But David says, but you, God, you are king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You see how he's shifted his focus and he's saying, I'm going to trust you, God. Verse 17, but you, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. But you, God, you defend the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. And at the end of this Psalm of Lament, and what we see in pretty much every lament in the Psalm, the psalmist shifts from being troubled to trusting. Did you notice that? He's been troubled by all of his problems, and now he's trusting in God's promises. Now, this shift is not easy at all. I mean, I know for me in my life, I struggle with unanswered questions and unresolved doubts and unanswered prayers. But there comes a point when I'm praying where I just, I have to intentionally shift my focus. And actually, I learned this from, from studying the Psalms many, many years ago. Um, it starts with me. It starts with my problems. And then I just get to a point, just like in these Psalms, where I say, but you, God, but you, God, you see, you consider, you are the helper. You are king forever and ever. You hear, you encourage, you listen, and you defend. And I, I have to make that shift because what I have found in my life, and I don't know about you, but this, this is, this is how it always works in my life. The more I focus on me, the harder my life will be. That's, that's just a truth that I have experienced throughout my entire life. The more that I'm focused on me, okay? The more that I'm, I'm worried about stuff, the more that I'm taking things personally, the more that I'm trying to control every aspect of my life, the more that I'm focused on me, the harder my life will be. And so I have to make that shift. And I want to encourage you when you, when you, when you do this, when you turn to God and then you, you cry out and you complain to God and, and you make that request of God, you have to make that shift so that you go from being troubled by your problems to trusting in God's promises. Now, I want to give you time right now to actually take what we've just learned and, and actually pray to God. So I'm going to guide you through this prayer of lament so you can do it for yourself. So first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is go ahead and turn to God. So whatever you're doing right now, I want you to stop whatever you're doing and just, and just turn to God. Okay. I want you to focus your heart, focus your mind on God. And I want you to think for a second about what it is that's bothering you. What is it that's stressing you out? What is it that, that is occupying a lot of your thoughts? And I want you to take a minute right now to just express that to God. Go ahead and just tell God what's on your mind. Feel free to complain to God right now. Take a minute to do that.
Now, I want you to ask God directly. So think about what do you want God to do? Maybe, maybe you've asked God many times, but I want you to ask fresh again, God, I want you to do what? So take about 30 seconds right now and just ask God. Finally, you're going to shift your focus to trusting in who God is. So in the midst of the struggle, what can you declare about who God is? But you, God, take a minute right now to focus on who God is. Lord God, there is so much that we're dealing with in this life right now. But you, God, you hear every one of our prayers. You, God, you you love us so much that you are with us through everything we go through in this life. We thank you, God, for who you are.